0: What's up, Pyromaniacs? It's David here, and I'm joined, as always, by
1: Brennan. Hi, everybody. This is Brennan here. How you doing, man? Pretty good. What's up? Oh, just uh, chilling out with some uh, Pizza 73 French fries and guzzling my power drink right now.
0: Yeah, that sounds delicious. It is. Okay. Well, we're here to talk about Def Leppard, obviously, but we wanted to share about the concept of the show with all the fans out there. So why don't we start there?
1: Okay. Well, this is a podcast, obviously, for Def Leppard fans. And Dave and I are the guitar players in a fabulous Def Leppard tribute band called Adrenalize. Mm -hmm. We have been together for more than 10 years. And we wanted to put together a very unique concept with this. We wanted to make it a fan-based instead of a venue-based podcast. Yeah. And uh, one of our ultimate intentions and the thing that's the most fun to us is to be able to come out to you and perform live. We'd like to... We'd like to put on performances in front of audiences of anywhere from like 500 to 2,000 people and really, really turn it into a major event. That's right. And we have got something on our band website, which is adrenalize.ca. You'll probably want to check that out tonight after you listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. We've got a special VIP page you can go to and put yourself on the radar just for that purpose. So anytime there are updates, uh, you'll get them in advance. Even before we're planning show dates uh, that we're going to officially announce um, and make public, you can know well ahead of time. It'll give you the ability to buy tickets ahead of time and we've even got our own private ticket site on site as well. So we've really thought of all the, uh, all the logistics of how to make this work right. Awesome. No, That's terrific. And
0: we do look forward to sharing about our activity too, right? Like if we've got new releases, if we've got a new music video. If we've got new merch, which apparently we do, we do have new merch on the website. Did you that's that? right, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some cool new shirts with the podcast artwork. You might have seen our amazing podcast artwork if you've downloaded this episode right now. So you can find our merch at Adrenalize.ca. But we really look forward to sharing you know, everything that's going on our shows and our releases and and everything else just mentioned so why don't we get into today's topic what are we talking about today I think we're talking about Def Leppard (laughs) really yes (laughs) I didn't expect that wait this is a Def Leppard fan podcast and we're going to be talking about the Rosetta cats was there something specific in mind for today though well
1: I think you floated me the idea of doing a an introduction to Def Leppard for newbies yeah totally where do
0: I start with Def Leppard
1: being kind of the
0: main keyword or the question that people have asked? I have some thoughts. I'm sure you have some thoughts, and uh, and I think at the end of the episode we might meet in the middle, or we'll just be in
1: a fist fight, probably. <laughs> <laughs> complete, complete with fist to fight, fist, uh, fist fight sound effects added post production. That's right.
0: I I think in terms of albums, it's it's somewhat. Obvious to me, or at least I should say, it's a very conventional pick where I would start from. But what about you, Brian? What what album would you get started with if you were a new fan?
1: Well, I guess I'll give you a little bit more of a detailed answer on that. Yeah, I would say that the, the a starting point, a good starting point to uh, to get introduced to Def Leppard for someone who's just barely is barely heard of them or a complete newbie is to. I guess look up what their radio hits were in the 80s, beginning as early as 1981. Hmm. Because I think the thing that really started to get them into the limelight was the single Bringin' on the Heartbreak. Right, in 1981, that coincided with when MTV was becoming a big thing and all the hair metal bands in the 80s were beginning to blow up at the start of the decade. Mm-hmm. And so Bringin' on the Heartbreak was the first hit in a string of many, there were many more radio hits after that. But in terms of the albums that those radio hits tie back to, I would say it would be the uh, it would be the trio of High and Dry, mm-hmm. Pyromania, and Hysteria. Right now, just coincidentally, those were also the albums where they started to kind of really define their signature sound. Because uh, High and Dry was the first album where they brought Mutt Lang on board as a producer. And, big factor yeah definitely h- help them sculpt their uh sculpt their signature sound which is uh, which is easily recognizable once you know it yeah yeah absolutely so if you had to pick
0: just one album though if you had a gun to your head and had to, you had to say well one of those three which one would you pick
1: well i would have to say if it was just one of those three i'd have to say probably hysteria hysteria mm-hmm. one of the reasons being is that it was a the one album that had a, a string of hits like a, it had six or seven singles insane and that was yeah. that was within the space of i believe less than two years yeah no that's that's exactly right i
0: i would pick euphoria as a starting point i'm just kidding there's no way i would pick
1: Euphoria <laughs> as a starting yeah, point that, that's 12 years later <laughs> yeah
0: i do remember listening to music on pandora just letting it play through a playlist or just suggest music to me and something from euphoria came on i think it was 21st century shall a La girl and i actually ended up liking that a lot i thought it was great but i don't think it's necessarily the best starting point for for a new def leopard fan i i lean pretty heavily towards hysteria as well overall right i don't know whether you'd want to start with track one unless you're willing to listen th- all the way through but as you said there's six or seven hits on there that are probably going to be very recognizable like if you've listened to any classic rock radio i would say even you know 80s 90s mix radio you've you've probably heard more Defler bird than you even realize and hysteria is the album that's going to help you recognize that
1: yeah chances are you probably have heard nearly all of those hits and even if you don't know who it was that performed them If somebody, if you heard them again, you'd recognize them. And if someone pointed out that that it was Def Leppard doing them, that would be a real eye-opener. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so whether it's Animal or Armageddon It or, of course, the title track, Hysteria, these are all excellent starting points. Depends what you like. Some people are into ballads or, let's say, songs with a little more feel and emotion to them, in which case Animal Hysteria are perfect. But if you want the rockers, then, of course, Armageddon it, right? You can't go wrong there. And I have some other ones on there that are sort of unconventional favorites, as it were, on Hysteria. But that's, that's right. kind of what I think.
1: You know, and, and a thought just came to mind here, too, is that Def Leppard, I think they've said that there would be no Hysteria without Pyromania. Yeah. And yeah. Pyromania, in its own right, was a... It's still a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece, but in a lot of ways it was a precedent-setting album, Yeah, which it, it was a concept that up until, up until 1983 had never been done before. In a lot of ways it was the first of its kind.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think in that sense it's worth listening to both all the way through. If you happen to be going on a road trip or something like that, then that's perfect. Just listen to those two back-to-back, or three. You could throw high and dry in there if you wanted to and you get a really good sense of what Def Leppard's all about. I am going to throw one controversial statement in there, but it maybe not controversial. I think their latest album might not be a horrible starting point for new
1: fans. Well, I would kind of agree with that. Yeah. In the sense that it definitely it definitely sounds like classic Def Leppard and this is this album is their their sound in the present day after i guess decades decades of experience of being seasoned veterans mm-hmm. and yet you listen to it now and you in a lot of ways you hear a reincarnation of the of the best of their stuff of the 80s
0: yeah absolutely
1: if there was a if there was a single from the present day uh-huh. that would that would encapsulate their signature sound which you could then go back to the 80s and compare to the sound of their radio hits back then i would say the first track off i, I think it's the first track off the new album which is the single from that album. Now I remember it. It was Take What You Want. Take What You Want, yeah.
0: And they have recorded a few
1: songs along the lines of
0: Pour Some Sugar on Me through the years that might be worth starting with as well. But Pour Some Sugar on Me is obviously a very signature hit and it's played in every strip club.
1: Right. (laughs) That is probably... That is probably the defining song of Def Leppard throughout the uh, throughout the decades.
0: Very much it is, and interesting how it's actually very much percussion or drums driven. The guitars do come in to supplement or complement, as the case might be. But it's one of those where it's really a clap along
1: kind of song. Right now here's something that's kind of funny about that song that's uh, not everybody knows. But in fact, they were ready to just decide that the album was complete with hysteria and Pour Some Sugar On Me was an afterthought. That's right. In, I
0: remember this.
1: Yes. In fact, they were almost reluctant to do it because they were thinking, no, it's enough. We don't need to overfill the album. Overfill the album. We're already burned out. And yet, when they just uh, when they just threw it in as an afterthought for song number 12 it turned out to be their biggest hit. Yeah, I
0: recall Joe Elliott talking about this, and I think he was sitting around the studio playing a bit of guitar and then had randomly come up with the hook. So it's pretty incredible how things come together sometimes. I know it's a novelty hit, but I mean, something like Kung Fu Fighting was pretty much laid down in 10, 15 minutes, I hear. So you just never know when a song might come to you. That's that's worth it. That's true. Yeah. Anything else? I think we might be about close to wrapping this one up.
1: Well, I think that's a pretty good, yeah, pretty good comprehensive introduction to Def Leppard. Of course, this is a subject that we can always periodically revisit from different angles. Absolutely. So
0: don't forget to visit us online at Adrenalize.ca, and we'll see you on the next show, Pyromaniacs. All music in this episode was used with permission. Go to Adrenalize.ca to see a complete listing of artists and tracks and where to find them.